In America, we don't turn to government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before, and it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. Gentlemen, how are you today on this beautiful Thursday, June 30th, year of our Lord, 2022? It is the last day of the first ever pro-life month. Now, I know you and I live pro-life lives, but as far as a country goes, this is a pro-life generation from here on out and today is the last day of pro-life month, folks. You're locked and loaded right here on Live from America. I am. You're ever so humble. God-fearing, God-loving, patriotic host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, coming to you from this beautiful live-free-or-die granite state of New Hampshire. And it's an honor to be here with you. Thank you all very much. Look, I wanted to do a cold open today of Tucker Carlson's opening of his show last night. So I didn't just want to go right into it without explaining what the first third or the first half of the show is going to be uh, dedicated to, and that is what the Democrats planned to do after they stole the election, what they're currently planning now, and what they want to have happen in the future. And in order to do that, I have to play you about four minutes of Tucker Carlson's opening of his show last night to really set the precedent of how I'm going to do the first half of this show today. So I apologize for going to another Fox News clip, but it is Tucker, not 
Hannity. So I think that you uh, you can forgive me for that. So I'm going to, without further ado, I'm going to go to this clip now of what Tucker started his show out with last night. It's something that I wanted to start my show out with today, but that's the reason for me explaining to you why this cold open is going to be about four minutes long. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Tucker Carlson last night from Brazil. Powerless. And that is the same message the Biden administration has sent to America for the last year and a half with the help of Merrick Garland, the most political attorney general in history. Here's a list of the things they've done because no one else has assembled it. Here we go. January 27th, 2021, days after Joe Biden's inauguration, the Justice Department arrests a man called Douglas Mackey, known online as Ricky Vaughn. You heard very little about this. Why? Because Douglas Mackey had extremist political views. But under the American system, it doesn't matter if you have unattractive or unpopular views. Your views are protected by the First Amendment. He was arrested for what? A crime? No. For creating Internet memes that made fun of Hillary Clinton. But according to the Justice Department, those memes, quote, deprived individuals of their constitutional right to vote. So he went to jail. Then on February 3rd of the same year, 2021, the FBI raids the homes of Russell Taylor and Alan Hostetler. What did they do wrong? Well, they organized a lawful political rally on January 6th. They even had a permit for the rally. Taylor also committed the grave offense of being seen with Roger Stone in the days before January 6th. That's now a crime, too. Not in a free country, but in ours. Then on April 28th, 2021, the Fed seized the cell phones and computers belonging to the president's former lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. That didn't used to be allowed. You can't seize the records of someone's attorney. Those are confidential lawyer-client communications. Now, at the time, we were told that Rudy Giuliani had done something illegal in Ukraine. The walls were closing in. He was never charged with anything like that because it was all fake. But they got his privileged communications anyway. Then on June 24th, 2021, the feds raided the home of a Giuliani associate called George Dixon. The FBI never explained the purpose of that raid, but Dixon was working on a documentary about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and their business dealings in Ukraine. And that's no longer allowed. A direct attack on the free press, not covered by the media. And then, because this list does go on, on January 19th, 2021, a journalist at InfoWars called Owen Schroyer was arrested and charged. Why? Well, according to the federal complaint, Schroyer told the crowd on January 6th, quote, Today we march for the Capitol because on this historic January 6th, 2021, we have to let our congressmen and women know, and we have to let Mike Pence know, that they stole the election, end quote. Now, you may not agree with that, or maybe you do. It doesn't matter. That's protected speech under our Constitution. But under Joe Biden, it's a crime. And then on November 6, 2021, the FBI raided the homes of several more journalists who worked for Project Veritas, including the organization's founder, James O'Keefe. What did they do wrong? Drug trafficking, human trafficking? No. They reported on a diary written by Joe Biden's daughter, Ashley. And in that diary, Biden's daughter writes, reveals to the rest of us, that Joe Biden showered with her in a way that she described as inappropriate and that she blames for making her sexually compulsive in later life. For having access to that information, the FBI raided Project Veritas. I'm sorry, so what is this regarding? This is the search warrant. Open up. 
Oh, Trump's a fascist. Remember that? Did Trump's DOJ raid the homes of a lot of journalists who embarrassed his children? No, you don't remember that because it didn't happen. But Joe Biden's Justice Department has done that. And then they kept going. Later that same month, on November 15th of last year, the Justice Department arrested one of the most prominent critics. That would be former Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Now, what did Steve Bannon do wrong? Did he commit a crime on January 6th? No, he didn't. And no one claims otherwise. Instead, Bannon's crime was that he didn't bend the knee for the January 6th committee. He said an executive privilege. According to Nancy Pelosi, that means Steve Bannon belongs in jail. Now, watch this. Do you think people who refuse to comply with congressional subpoenas should be prosecuted by the Justice Department and at the end of the day go to jail? Yes. You do? I do. I do. Well, first of all, this, you know, people say, well, this hasn't happened before. We haven't had an insurrection incited by the president of the United States and one of his toadies uh, having knowledge of advanced knowledge of that happening. You know what else we haven't had there? Drunk uh, uh, punch drunk Pelosi. We haven't had entire parties stealing elections and uh, committing a coup against the sitting president to do that. So, yes, desperate times call for desperate measures. But if anybody can ignore a uh, if anybody uh, if you can just put out subpoenas from a congressional level on a very biased, one sided, unselect committee and people refuse to uh, to uh, to adhere to that and then and then they get jailed. What's that called? That is called tyranny. And it is here in the United States of America. I told you communist is not, communism is not on its way here. It's already here. And tonight we have a guest, Amy Fan West, who escaped communism and is here to tell you all about how it has already made its way to the shores of these beautiful United States from sea to shining sea, all at the hands of the Democrat communists. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we just hear that we lost the stay in Mexico, uh, Trump's stay in Mexico policy. The Supreme Court actually sided with Joe Biden 55 minutes ago before I was able to come live. And Justice Kavanaugh actually voted with the liberals, actually voted with the liberals. And of course, uh, Justice John Roberts, I believe, was the other one. So, folks, how is the Supreme Court illegitimate yesterday in their decision, but legitimate today in the Democrats' eyes? Really, to be honest with you folks, the Democrats and Joe Biden should be uh, dismissing this ruling because just yesterday, Joe Biden and the entire left and every talking head on left-wing mainstream media told you that the Supreme Court is illegitimate. So if the Supreme Court is illegitimate in the things that they uh, rule against your policies and your agendas, then they must be illegitimate when it, or illegitimate when it comes to uh, voting for your policies and your agenda. No. Will we hear Joe Biden come out today and say, we reject the ruling of the Supreme Court for the stay in Mexico policy being ended And uh, siding with us, we reject that because they are illegitimate, right? I mean, they either are or they aren't. Figure it out. And if they aren't legitimate, then you better be giving up those wins. And you better be rejecting them. And you better be denouncing the Supreme Court's ruling because they are clearly illegitimate, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, we went five for seven on the major, major deals 
when it came down when it come when it came to this uh, Supreme Court handing down rulings at the end of this month. Uh, we we I I'd say we got the better end of the deal, but this southern border thing is gonna, is is really bad. It isn't like it's it's a small win for the for the Biden administration. This is a massive big win for the Biden administration. So, Governor Greg Abbott, stand up, get out of your wheelchair for a second. Madison Cawthorn did it, so so can you. And be a man and start securing that southern border instead of giving us lip service. That job is reserved for Kamala Harris. That was a zinger. We already know Carrie Lake, what she's going to do. But hey, Doug Ducey, while you're there being a worthless pile of nothing, do something. Stand up. Any of these states that share a border with, the, with uh, Mexico need to stand up. Put their big boy pants on and start doing something because they have just as much right, if not more right, to stop that flow of illegal aliens coming through that southern border and that invasion more than Biden does. Abbott is a useless pile of rhino crap if he doesn't secure this border. And we already know Ducey is on his way out, useless pile of crap. So stop waiting for the Biden administration to do, 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 do something And stop being stuck on stupid and do it yourselves. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the Lord, I do want to let you know about this uh, partnership with Rumble. As you know, Rumble is growing very, very fast. And we went to Rumble when Rumble was really nothing, and they have acknowledged that. And I have had many conversations with Rumble. Yes, we know there are still things to fix. Yes, we know there are minor things that should be fixed. But Rumble is focused on one thing and one thing primarily, and that is letting content creators come to Rumble with freedom of speech. They do not share uh, servers with uh, Amazon. They do not use AWS. They have their own servers. They have their own everything. They are literally autonomous. And they just signed a major, major deal with Right Side Broadcasting, where Right Side Broadcasting will consider Rumble its home. Well, as you know, Live from America has considered Rumble its home for the last year. And now LFA TV will be coming to Rumble. And we are going to continue our partnership with Rumble. And they're going to do everything they can to help LFA TV grow. The message from the Live from America family to get out. And this show to grow bigger and bigger. But I just want to let you know that as we do this and as we get towards September, all the new folks that you're about to see come in, they're like-minded people like you. Okay, we want to make him feel welcome, just like we made Freddie feel welcome, even when he was saying bad things to us. All right. So we're going to build and we're going to build strong and we're going to build a lot better than Biden thinks he can build back. Amen. All right, folks, let's go to the Lord. Let's get to the first uh, the newsletter of this morning. It was a good one. It was a goodie. And I think uh, I think a lot of you are really going to shed a tear. When you hear today's newsletter, if you have not already received it, by the way. If you've signed up for the newsletter before and you were not getting it, it might have been because we were at our limit. We are no longer at our limit. So if you're not getting them and you do want them, please re-sign back up and hopefully you can start getting them. I titled this morning's newsletter, Beyond All Expectations. Verse of the day, Matthew 8, 1 through 3. If you have your Bibles, just open it up. Go to the uh, New Testament. Go to Matthew, okay? First book of the gospel and go to uh, Matthew 8, 1 through 3. It says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, 
a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing, be healed. And instantly the leprosy was healed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, leprosy, like AIDS today, was a terrifying disease because there was no known cure. In Jesus' day, the Greek word for leprosy was used for a variety of similar diseases, and some forms were contagious. If someone contracted leprosy, they would be excommunicated and sent off and banished from their home and their city. They were sent away to die, and they were not allowed to come back until they were healed. Nobody loved them. Nobody helped them. They were alone in their own despair and, de- and, and depression with an incurable disease. This is why this devotional today is titled Beyond All Expectations. If you look at the bold part of the verse, I highlighted the words, reached out and touched him. For a reason, a very specific reason. Not only did Jesus cure him, which is what the man with leprosy expected Jesus to do if it was his will to do so, but he touched him. That's a very important statement. He gave him a sense of love. He gave him a sense of compassion. And he gave him a sense of humanity once again. He made him feel special when he laid his hand on the infected man. That is exactly what you would expect Jesus to do. His little gestures meant mountains to the people who came in contact with him. Sin is like leprosy. It has no cure, and it will fester upon you until you burn every bridge and die without knowing the love and the mercy of God. The only thing that can cure our sin is the precious touch of Jesus's hand. So folks, let him lay his hand upon you today. Let him heal you forever. In his holy name, we pray. Amen. Folks, please remove your hats and let's go to the Lord in prayer. As we all think about the people that could use our love today. Think about the people that could use your loving touch today. Think about the people that are in depression, in despair, lonely. Maybe even don't even want your help. Maybe have told you, get away from me, I don't want your help. Reach out to that person today and tell them that you're there for them. It means more than you know. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I know there's a lot of you out there who know somebody like that. I know there's a lot of people out there who know that there's people out there who need help today. And I ask that you reach out. And do that today. I also ask you if you can, before we get started with the first and foremost, make sure 
you share the Rumble link. I would love to see us reach that 5,000 people in Rumble that we used to have. And also, also folks, we're almost at 30,000 followers. We're 1,300 followers on Rumble shy. So if you do not have a Rumble profile, I would ask you to do that today. Let's get to the first and foremost section. Here we go. Cups up. Now, continuing on from that cold open that I had to play in order to get my message across today of what the Democrats planned to do from the very beginning. They never planned to steal multiple elections. They knew they would never get away with that. Fool me once, fool me twice, you know the rest. They never planned to steal the 2020 election, steal the 2022 midterms, and steal the 2024 general election. They planned to put all their cards on the table and literally manufacture and release a flu and call it COVID-19 and completely destroy our economy, destroy our wealth, destroy our traditions, destroy our culture, lock down the country, steal the election and commit a coup on a duly elected president. They put all their cards on the table one time and one time only. And their plan after stealing the election and committing a coup was to jail anybody that posed a threat to their stolen power ever again and make it so that the people that could possibly run against them and win would never even be allowed to. And if that didn't work, then it was to federalize the elections, pack the Supreme Court, and literally give themselves eternal and everlasting earthly power so that we could never possibly ever even look like we could win again. That was their plan the entire time. They did not have a plan to steal the 2022 midterms or steal the 2024 general election. Their entire plan was to steal it and never give you the opportunity, the option, or the know-how to ever, ever win against them again. That is their plan. That's what they're doing. And they're now not only jailing people that went to January 6th, they're not only jailing people who pose any kind of threat to them or intimidating them like they when they came to me and knocked on my door, now they're jailing actual political uh, opponents who are already elected. Last night on Greg Kelly's Newsmax show, he interviewed an already uh, elected official in the state of Virginia who was sentenced to a felony and three months in jail for being in the Capitol on January 6th. He is a very uh, popular elected official. He's very popular amongst his his constituents. He would be reelected again. He goes by the name of Derek Evans, and he was just sentenced to 90 days in prison for being at the Capitol building on January 6th. I'd like to run some of this story for you, and I'd also like to run a little bit of his uh, what he says to Greg Kelly because courage is definitely contagious, folks. Check this out. Back in December of 2020, he was sworn into the uh, House of Delegates in West Virginia, a brand-new lawmaker. And there he is, a great day for him, uh, elected office. A couple of weeks later, a patriot, he went to January 6th. He was there, and he was in the Capitol. Now, he didn't break anything, he didn't hurt anybody, but he got in trouble. And recently, he pleaded guilty to a felony count, and he's about to go to jail for three months. Three months. 
He joins us right now, Derek Evans. Uh, welcome to Newsmax, and let me make sure I got this right. Three months in jail, the charges, illegally entering a restricted building, violent entry, and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. Those are correct? Uh, yeah, and those were misdemeanors. Those end up getting dropped in exchange for the plea deal, uh, pled guilty to felony civil disorder. Felony civil disorder. You're going to go to jail for three months. When does it start? Um, well, I'm awaiting instructions to self-surrender, so it uh, should be in the next few weeks. West Virginia, uh, well, not Virginia. How do you feel? My First fault. of all, any regrets? Um, you know, I, I regret I'm going to be away from my family for the next three months, leaving my, my wife and children uh, by themselves. But at the end of the day, I'm never going to regret standing up for what I believe in and, and fighting for the Constitution in, um, in America. You're no longer a House lawmaker, correct? That is correct. With this felony conviction, and I'm sure you've researched this, can you run for office again, or this, is this going to follow you around for the rest of your life? So in the state of West Virginia, I am eligible to run once uh, the probation and everything is over with. So as of right now, it's looking like um, 2026 for, for state or local office. I am, however, eligible to run for uh, U.S. Senate or U.S. Congress, if that's something I decided to do in 2024. Okay. Now, by the way, in uh, you did not break a window you didn't break anything you tell me if you don't mind how you got inside the capitol i walked through the doors on the east side of the building uh, you're correct i did not uh, break anything i was not violent i was not destruction uh, as a matter of fact i told other people not to do those things i'll be releasing some video evidence of that uh, as soon as i get the okay from my lawyers to do that i even got a, a fist bump from a police officer when i uh, as soon as i walked through the doors there's a police officer on my right-hand side who um, I approached and thanked him for his service, told me I had a respect for him, and he gave me a fist bump, so I felt that I could walk on inside. And he gave me a fist bump, so I felt that I could walk on inside. Of course you did. The police did everything but literally invite you in. And he's like, I got to wait for my lawyers to see if I can release something. Screw the lawyers. They already got you a felony. They dropped misdemeanor charges and intimidated you into pleading guilty for felony. When the police let you in, fist bumped you on the way in, you broke nothing, you destroyed nothing, you hurt nobody, and you and your lawyers got you to plead guilty on felony charges. You want to know why? Because this Democrat Communist Party who has literally infected our government and taken it over at every levels, even before President Trump even thought about running, are using all of their power to intimidate people, destroy their families, into pleading guilty. They don't want to win forever. They just want to beat you piece by piece by piece by piece, and they will keep going until they do win forever. They don't count this as a win forever. They count this as destroying this man's life, and when he comes back to run again, they'll destroy it again then by bringing up this moment right here. He pled guilty. Why would he do that? Well, he's got a family. That's why. It doesn't end there. The Shamuary 6th Committee also subpoenaed President Trump's White House counsel, Pat Cipollone. And here's the crazy part about it. Is Pat Cipollone and this Cassidy Hutchinson lady supposedly had this massive conversation that never even happened. Another lie that Cassidy Hutchinson told under oath in front of the January 6th committee, Liz Cheney knows that this conversation between Pat Cipollone didn't happen. Nancy Pelosi know that it didn't happen. 
But nobody can do anything about it at this point because the very, very corrupt Department of Justice and Merrick Garland are putting everybody in prison who fights against it. Now, the second half of this show is going to be a heck of a lot brighter than the first half. But we have to understand what they're doing and what they're planning. They don't plan to steal more elections. They can't do that. We've already got 60, uh, more than 60 election security laws in place. We've already got more people in place where they, w- where they stole last time, where they won't be able to steal again. Yes, I know there's still corrupt people in those states, but trust me, they cannot steal the election the same way they did last time, and they don't plan to. I'm not saying they don't plan to cheat, because they do. They always do. Look at that sleeper cell lady who's uh, planning to uh, put sleeper cells in the Democratic uh, or the Republican Party. They plan to cheat all the time, but they know that they're never going to be able to cheat on the scale of winning a general election again, and this is their plan. They got you focused. They got us all focused on 100% on making sure it doesn't happen again by putting election security laws in, which we do need to do, but we also need to be focused on the fact that they don't plan to steal it again. They plan to, they plan to just jail everybody so nobody can come back after them. They've already wounded us. Now they're putting their boot on our throat, or they think they do, or they think they do. But let's get into this story for a minute, this Pat Cipollone story. Uh, Representative Les Cheney uh, tweeted out, As we heard yesterday, White House counsel Pat Cipollone had signified concerns about Trump's January 6th activities. It's come, it's time for Mr. Cipollone to testify on record, as if that means anything anymore, any concerns he has about the institutional interests of his prior office are outweighed by the need for his testimony. Now, uh, last night, the committee subpoenaed Pat Cipollone the select committee has subpoenaed former White House counsel um, Pascal Pat Cipollone for deposition testimony as part of the committee's investigation into the Shamuary 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Again, folks, none of this is real. This is a reality TV show. And you know none of this is real because of the 14,000 hours that Nancy Pelosi will not share to the general public and because there's no cross-examination and because there's no lawyers and because there's no um, um, uh, statements allowed to be made uh, uh, from another side with represented attorney with them. These are not even hearings. They're not legal proceedings. That is a reality TV show that they're using the Department of Justice, which we pay for and belongs to us, to enforce their reality TV show lies. That's all this is. None of it is legal. That's why none of it is being done in court. Because there's no legal authority here to do any of this. So they're just intimidating. 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 So we'll see if Pat Cipollone shows up or if he fights like Bannon, I guess we'll see now. From here on out, the rest of the show is going to be more uh, of a positive and a light shined on what we can do against these scumbags and the people that are doing something against these scumbags, okay? And by the way, somebody said you should get Greg Kelly on LFA TV. The problem with that is, folks, is we don't have a budget. We don't have any budget outside of the budget that, uh, that you guys are already supplying this show. Now, if we had double the amount of people that loved Live from America as much as you do, that were contributing as much as you were, we could possibly do something like that. But somebody like Greg Kelly is not going to come and offer his services for free. It's just not going to happen. We're building LFA TV with passionate Americans who want to, um, who want to change this country and change this world and, and stand up for this country. 
So I'd love to have him. And if he wanted to do it for free, I'd be all about it. But right now, the good Lord has only given me enough money to barely run the show as it is. So we just got to keep up, okay? That's why your rumble rants, folks. That's why I love it when I come in and every day there's some kind of a train going because all of that helps continue to keep the people here that, that are here. Now, there is a solution, okay? We're going to shift gears here on the show. There is a solution against tyranny. There is a solution against this deep state. And there is a solution to make sure that they don't encroach anymore on our freedoms. And it's really simple. It's literally from the bottom up like I told you. But there's a little bit more to it. It's not just about you getting out there and running for school board. It's not just about me getting out there and running for state rep. There's a little bit more to it. It means that we need to create and fund state guards to defend the Constitution and fight back against the deep state. Now, I can see Florida doing something like this. I can see Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania uh, when he becomes governor doing something like this. I can see Carrie Lake doing something like this, but there's not very many uh, governors, even red governors who I see that would do something like this. It's not enough to have a national guard. Okay. They're under the direct, they're really under the authority of the, of the Pentagon when it, when it comes down to it, you need a state guard, a state guard. Now here's a little bit of history for you on the national guard. The national guard actually started as a form of state guard. Okay. Vermont of all states, was the first state to have their own state guard. And they were called the Green Mountain Boys. And I only learned that because when I used to fly into Vermont, because uh, my, my mom lived in Vermont for years, when I used to fly in from the Midwest to see her, we'd fly over the Burlington, uh, Burlington Airport and it would say the Green Mountain State on, it says the Green Mountain State on one of the uh, airport hangars. So I always, you know, I always stuck that in my mind. And, and then when I went inside the airport, I saw this plaque that was talking about the Green Mountain Boys and how they were formed as like the first state guard. And actually the National Guard took its cue from the, basically the militia that Vermont had created to be the Green Mountain Boys. And then the National Guard kind of stemmed from there. Now I know Texas has some kind of a state guard, but we need to fund these a heck of a lot more. Thank you, Patsy. God bless you. Patsy just donated $200, Savvy Granny donated $10, and Miranda Dolan donated $10. God bless you and thank you for that. It really does help. So we need more Texas, not Texas, state guards like the Texas Guard, like the Green Mountain Boys initially were. And we need to fund them in a way that we can fight back the deep state. That is a massive solution. Creating state guards to defend the Constitution and fight back against the deep state may be necessary in order to defend American freedom moving forward as we truly do rid ourselves of this disease called the swamp. I think it's needed. I also support a convention of the states. Jay for Trump, I support that 100%. At this moment in American history, there's no more important battle than to preserve the Second Amendment, increase state sovereignty under the Tenth Amendment, and oppose tyranny by the federal government. A systematic assault on the Bill of Rights is now underway, including the First Amendment's protection of free speech, the Fourth Amendment's prohib- uh, prohibition of illegal search and seizure, which they don't care about anymore. They're not even showing warrants anymore, as I showed you in that video the other day. They're just showing up and stealing people's property. And the Fifth Amendment's guaranteed a due process under the law, which we know that the D.C. gulag political prisoners are not getting, or any of the people that we saw being arrested or raided. Now, state guards also known as a state defense force, which are distinct from the uh, state's National Guard 
and operate under the sole authority of the state government can provide a legal and effective remedy to the violation of our constitutional rights. Such military units, in fact, are authorized by federal statute under Title 32 of the U.S. Code. Anybody that sits there with a pen and paper and writes down facts as we do this show, uh, Title 32 of the U.S. Code, Section 109, Maintenance of Other Troops. Okay? And I'm going to read to you the specific wording in, uh, coming out of this. And again, if you if you got a pen and paper there, it is Title 32 of the U.S. Code, Section 109C. 109C. In addition to its National Guard, if any state, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, the District of Columbia, Guam, or the Virgin Islands may, as provided by its laws, organize and maintain defense forces. A defense force established under this section may be used within the jurisdiction concerned as its chief executive considers necessary. That's the governor. But it may not be called, ordered, or drafted into the armed forces. At the present time, only 22 of the 50 states have active state guards, but I think they need to be funded a heck of a lot more because you're talking about defending your state against the tyranny of the federal government, which has weapons of mass destruction. While Montana, Nevada, North Dakota, West Virginia, and Wyoming have never even established one, in recent years, a number of prudent officials have spearheaded efforts to reactivate state guards, which have been previously established but have become inactive due to funding. In December 2021, for example, Governor Ron DeSantis announced plans to rejuvenate the Florida State Guard as a 200-person volunteer force that would act independently of the federal government to maintain security and respond to natural or man-made disasters. That's the great thing about it right there, folks. If you can get people to volunteer, whether they are militia members, trained and skilled hunters, uh, trained and skilled in the, uh, in the art of, um, of, the, of the geography and understanding the, the, the mountain regions and, 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 and the geography of the state, uh, ex- um, Veterans, veterans who were served in the United States military. Um, I mean, there's a number of people, police officers, law enforcement officers. There's a number of people out there trained, willing, ready to be uh, to volunteer as a state's guardsman or woman. So I think this is something that we need to uh, reinvigorate. I think we need it's something that we need to actually as states uh, have a budget for. And I promise you. Everybody who's watching now and everybody who's watching from the great state of New Hampshire where I live, I promise you, if, when I become elected in this very liberal area as a state representative, I will put forward legislation to, um, to give a, a, a state's guard uh, unit uh, state funding. And we'll see how that goes. But I will, as a state representative, put forth that kind of legislation. Um, what this effort lacks is structure, organization, and generic course of action around which patriots can rally, one that cuts across regional differences and avoids dead-end, narrowly focused approaches. Okay? Now, I'm going to give to you basically a breakdown 
of how this generic structure and mission of a state guard could and should work, okay? You have your governor at the top. You have your uh, adjutant general below that. And then you have uh, below the adjutant general, your Army National Guard on this side, your Air National Guard on this side, and then directly in the middle below that, you have State Guard. And then under that, you have medical unit and county civil support teams. That is how that structure can work. And it can work with that kind of hierarchy. The Second Amendment is our American line, a last American line of defense against absolute tyranny as individuals. But let's not let it get to that. Let's form our state guards. Let's structure our state guards correctly. And let's fund them adequately. That, ladies and gentlemen, right there is something that we can all do in each state working with our state legislatures to make sure that that happens and send a big, big message to Washington, D.C., no matter which party is occupying it. You will not tread on me. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is probably one of the most important uh, pieces of uh, information that I give you this week. Now, speaking of rising up and not letting them take over our states and take over our rights and take over our individual families, which is exactly what they're trying to do, make sure you guys go and check out Rise TV. Let's all rise together. Shop with my pillow. Shop with PatriotFoods.com. Shop with Patriot Foods to supply. Make sure you're spending your money with Rise TV, these streaming services that actually give you good content about how to preserve America. Good content about how to get rise up and actually do something in your own communities and good content on how to organize and fix these problems that we have in this country today. Again, ladies and gentlemen, go to rise.tv and stop spending your money with streaming services that suck and start uh, spending your money with streaming services that are patriotic. Okay. All right. Moving on, folks. Um, Biden. And the left-wing attempt to shift us from fossil fuels to renewable energy, we already know. Just look at the gas pumps. Just look at the gas prices. There's nothing more that you need to do than look outside right now and look at the gas prices and see what they are. That tells you everything you need to know about what the Biden administration is doing on purpose to our energy sector. But it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better because... Biden is now taking aim and setting his sights on America's largest oil field, threatening to stop production, which would send gas prices to $10 a gallon. The EPA, which is another corrupt arm of the federal government, is preparing to cite the United States' largest oil field for violating ozone pollution standards a move that will threaten the end of oil and gas production in the region. According to the Texas governor's office, the proposed regulations will directly affect the Permian Basin, the largest oil field in the United States of America, accounting for 95 million gallons of gasoline per day or 40% of the oil produced domestically. I told you, I told you two years ago, if, the, if a country like the United States of America was to ever be taken over or destroyed, it would have to be done with the exact playbook that Biden and Obama have used as their policies 
while they have been occupying our White House. This is their strategy. Their strategy is to destroy America. And how you do that? Do it exactly how Biden has been running in, uh, his policies and implementing his policies since he illegally took office on January 20th of 2021. Folks, it's sickening what these people are doing. 40% of our oil production in the United States of America is about to be shut down by the Biden administration right after they are telling you that you need to shut down all your, your fossil fuel production and we need to go to more green energy. Look at John Kerry last night. This would be just one more massive move from the Biden administration and the left globalists to impact the lives of every single American by reducing the fuel supply and causing gas prices to soar well beyond the $5 gallon average right now. According to a report by Bloomberg, regulators would have three years to propose solutions to the violations. However, ongoing regulatory uncertainty common to Biden's ever-increasing climate change initiatives is, a likely, is likely to de-incentivize new permits and drilling in the oil fields. But again, Biden will point at the gas companies and say, it's their fault. It's their fault. I'm doing everything I can. They won't drill. Well, if they're not drilling, it's because of this de-incentivization going on from the top to the bottom. Now, weak Governor Greg Abbott reacted strongly, if he can, to the proposal and called the EPA, uh, called on the EPA to drop their proposal, tweeting out, President Biden's EPA seeks to stop gas production in the Permian Basin. This will raise gas prices even more. No duh. This action is completely discretionary. Biden has the power to stop it. Read my full letter. Yeah, nobody cares until you start doing your job as a governor anyway. So I don't want to hear you talk about gas prices and how the government and how the uh, Biden could stop it if you're not even stopping the illegal invasion of, a, of, of the southern border in Texas. So shut up, Governor Abbott. So today I'm going to do something that I haven't done in a while. I'm going to give the Dum Dum Award to two recipients at the same time. And for the first time in Live from America history, we are going to give the Dum Dum Award to a Republican and a Democrat in the same exact Move. Here we go. Come on, man. <laughs> we did it. We did it, Joe. Joe Biden, you get the dumb dumb award for shutting down um 40% or trying to shut down 40% of our oil production here domestically. And Greg Abbott, you share the dumb dumb award with him for being such a dumb dumb when it comes to the southern border. Nobody wants to hear you pretend to talk tough against Joe Biden if you're not even to act even willing to act tough and stop the invasion of the southern border because you have the power to do that sir why don't you you exercise your power and stop asking the feeble old white dried up raisin to exercise power he doesn't even know he has what a loser that guy is I'll praise him when he does something good but I'll call him out when he does something terrible or the lack of doing anything at all However, folks, we do have some devastating news for Democrats today, and this is actually uh, this is a great story because while Republicans are dominating the new voter registrations, while Republicans are dominating the converts from Democrat to Republican, as now there's over one million uh, people fleeing the Democratic Party, we we are winning redistricting maps everywhere. We just flipped two blue seats to red. And ladies and gentlemen, we now 
uh, have the Cook Political Report has now shifted six more races for the Republicans for the House of Representatives. Now, there's going to be a lot of people who are watching this and say it doesn't matter anyway. They stole it. They're never going to allow the wins. Here is why we're highlighting these massive wins. Because as a million people leave the Democratic Party and sign up for the, to be Republicans, as more people sign up to be Republicans for new voter registration than we've seen in recent years, and as the redistricting lines are actually working out in Republicans' favor, what's happening is the culture is shifting right. And in order to make sure that we preserve our rights as Americans and to do anything with the state guards and all this stuff, we need to have people actually embracing the policies of the Republicans and the conservative values, which means this is a huge culture shift from the left to the right. And this new generation, the pro-life generation, they will be all Republicans. And this is why the Democrats are so absolutely afraid. But let's get into the story. The political analysis and polling firm known as the Cook Political Report has just shifted six more seats and races for the House of Representatives in the 2022 midterms to Republicans. This news is especially devastating for Democrats as Republicans need only a handful of seats to flip control of the House in November. So when you're talking about 60 and 70 seats, we only need a very little. We only need a very little of that to actually flip it at this point. Most speculation is just about how big the Republican win will be once the votes are cast. Cook Report moves six houses toward the GOP or the GNP. The adjustments come as inflation remains at record highs and resident Biden's approval ratings hover in the 30% range. According to the latest Gallup poll, the six races that Cook updated in favor of Republicans include four house seats in California, one in Pennsylvania, and one in Rhode Island. One of the seats that Cook shifted in the GOP's direction is Rhode Island's second, uh, second congressional district, which Representative Jim Langevin, Democrat, currently represents. Langevin, who is not running for re-election, has held the seat for 20 years, and a Democrat has held the seat for 30 years. Cook moved the race from lean Democrat to a toss-up race. Cook also shifted two House seats or two races in favor of the Democrat candidate, moving Representative Cal, uh, Kevin Calvert's race in California, 41st Congressional District, from likely Republican to lean Republican, and Representative Maria Elvira Salazar's race in Florida's 27th Congressional District from solidly Republican to likely Republican. Dave Wasserman, Cook's senior editor for the House concluded that early district level polling paints a, quote, bleak picture for House Democrats with Biden's approval rating still poor in competitive districts. So, folks, what you're about to see is more blue seats shift and change to red. That is a cultural shift. So while we're not seeing immediate results in the fights and the battles that we're engaged in, we are seeing long-term and very unexpected wins, like the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Big changes are likely in November. The political landscape looks very, very good for Republicans, okay? Now, ladies and gentlemen, we got a Smarty Award to give away, but before we give the Smarty Award away, we're going to give you a little bit of information on it first. Carrie Lake had a debate in Arizona 
in which she torched the Rhino candidate Karen uh, Taylor Robson and her 2020 election stance on the Arizona gubernatorial primary debate last night. Carrie Lake never fails to call out the illegitimate Joe Biden regime and the many troubles that Americans and Arizonans now face because of a stolen election. Let's first go to the video, and then I want to talk a little bit about it because I do have some advice for Miss Carrie Lake. Not that she needs to take my advice in any way, oh, shape, or form, um, but I do have some, some advice for her. So let's uh, just give me a second here. Let me bring up that video. I have it hidden for some reason, archived. All right, here is that video of Carrie Lake torching Karen Taylor Robson last night in Arizona. Vaughn, and we're yes. going to move on. This would be a beauty here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carrie, we'll start with you. You've called Joe Biden an illegitimate president. What does that mean? He lost the election, and he shouldn't be in the White House. We had a corrupt election. I'd actually like to ask everybody on this stage if they would agree we had a corrupt, stolen election. Raise your hand. Did, well, we have, would, did we have? Did we have? I would question. like to. Did I'm not going to play your, your stunt. Well, let me let me let me finish answering night, then. Hold finish on. Answering. Okay. Carrie Instead of everyone raising, raising you want to know why? There, if everyone raising their hands, I want to know why you think that the the election was either rigged, stolen, or whatever the phrase might be. It was when corrupt and stolen. Corrupt yes. and stolen, it, whatever. I've looked um, at the evidence. We did a why, forensic why audit. Why have you looked at the evidence and the courts... Turn it over to the, the authorities. The courts, have a chance the courts to look haven't at the looked at the evidence. Because they haven't found sustainable and substantive evidence. Then turn we, it in. Evidence. You should turn we it in. We have evidence. I know you don't you believe that our election in. was stolen, Karen. I believe our and election there's a reason, was absolutely not there's a reason that the and people who want to... I'll tell you why. There's okay. a reason that the people who want to see election integrity are endorsing I'm gonna, I just got Karen, the endorsement of Dinesh D'Souza. I've got the endorsement of all the America First people. And I mean only gubernatorial can. So what I like about her is that she's not afraid to say, yes, it was stolen. And yes, I stand by that statement. Here's what I would have liked Carrie Lake to do. And here's what I would like all candidates to do moving forward. Don't just say it was stolen. I've seen the evidence. Because they're always going to come back with the same thing. The Supreme Court shot it down. They didn't even look at it because there's no substantial reason to do so. They're always going to say that same talking point. So, my advice for Carrie Lake and my advice for anybody running for office that faces this question is give it to them. Give it to them right there. Explain to them how the election was stolen because I can do it in five minutes. I can do it in less than that. Are you ready? Here's just some of them. Number one, state legislatures have plenary power to not only make election laws and pass them into law, but they are the only ones with the plenary power to change how an election is run. The Secretary of State doesn't have that power. The Secretary of State is there just to enforce the election laws. I know it's hard to understand that word, but laws mean something that you have to adhere by. And if you go outside that law, then anything you did is viscerated. Okay? That's how law works. I'm speaking to you like Kamala Harris does because I have to feel, I feel like I have to speak to fifth graders here about what the word law means. See, we have a thing called law and order. All right? So when the state legislature is the only group of people allowed in that state to make change or amend election laws, that means a governor can't do it. That means the Secretary of State can't do it. That means that an Attorney General can't do it. And that also means that the state Supreme Court cannot do that. 
All of those people can only have the power to do that that the state legislature gives them. So, in Pennsylvania, the law was broken. Ballots were coming in weeks and weeks after Election Day that were counted even though the Supreme Court said, no, you can't. They did it anyway. Pennsylvania, right there, that's a win because they broke law and President Trump won on election night and President Trump won within the counting of the law that states when and how you can count ballots. That's number one. Number two, Dominion counting machines are able to be connected to the internet and we've proved that 10 times over. And as a matter of fact, Javon Hutton Pulitzer's team proved it in real time in Georgia almost two years ago when they hacked into a Dominion machine live while he was giving his testimony. That's number two. How about number three? Dinesh D'Souza and True the Votes, proof, video proof, cell phone proof, and every other piece of proof that you can even think of, of the mules going back to the ballots over and over and over and over again and were paid to do so And that is against election law in any state. How about that? How about the investigation that they did in Racine County in Wisconsin in which they found that five of the six election commission members should be charged with felonies and they pinpointed every single thing that they did that was against Wisconsin election law. How about mail-in ballots that are against Wisconsin election laws? How about that? I could go on and on and on and on. And you can't argue with me. You have to argue with the law on the books, which I could sit there and read to you over and over and over again like a moron until you understood that whether you believe or don't believe in this law that is on the books, it's there. And you have to abide by it until you change that law. I should give myself the Smarty Award of the day. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go outside of my normal humbleness, and I'm going to give myself the Smarty Award of the day right now. Harold the entire life from America family that knows this stuff inherently true in and out because we've been studying it for the last two two years we get the smarty award of the day how about that how hard is that and that's just a portion that's just a piece I could literally do a whole one hour show where I go and tell you every single thing that they did that they broke the law to win that election and that was just a piece you want more I can give you more. I can give you seconds. Matter of fact, I can feed the entire LFA family with information on election fraud for an hour every single day of the week. That is what I suggest these candidates start doing. Stop saying they stole the election. Start telling them how they stole the election and then say, how are you going to stand against the law? Don't stand against me. I'm just Carrie Lake. Try to stand against the law. Incredibly, incredibly stupid. These lefties are. All right, I got, uh, let's see here. What do we got for time? We're almost out of time, and I got three great stories, so don't go anywhere, okay? We're going to end on some good good news here. Three great stories. Well, actually, two great stories. 
one, another story to just go after Biden on. We call him Bear Shelves Biden. And the reason we're calling him Bear Shelves Biden is because there was no toilet paper. You can't find anything on the shelves that you actually need. Tampons are in a shortage. What else is in a shortage? Baby formula is in a shortage. I could probably list 10 or 15 things that you can't find in the supermarket today because of Bear Shelves Biden. Now, the entire reason that Bear Shelves Biden is called Bear Shelves Biden and the entire reason that you're paying $5 a gallon of gas, the entire reason inflation is so high is because it is strategically done on purpose by the Democrats. They're weakening this country every which way they can. But in order to destroy America, they have to destroy your traditions and they have to destroy your culture. That is why they're flooding in millions of illegals so they can bring diversity at an alarming rate into this country to tear away from your culture. They don't want you to have Christmas. They don't want you to say Merry Christmas. They don't want you to have July 4th because they already claimed Juneteenth. They don't want you to have the rainbow, which we took back. They don't want you to have your celebrations and your annual traditions because that is America. Once you wipe that out and dilute your traditions and dilute your culture, there is no more America. And ladies and gentlemen, having said that, get ready as there's now a shortage of fireworks. Why? Because they don't want you to celebrate on 4th of July. Remember last year when they told Christy Nome that she couldn't have 4th of July fireworks at Mount Rushmore and she actually complied? That's something I wouldn't have done. As a, ju- as a, as a governor, I would have been like, yeah, right. Fire up the fireworks. Everybody, let's go. I, w- I would have completely ignored the Biden administration and the federal government on that one. That's just me. But last year, they wouldn't even let Christy Nome have fireworks celebrations. And this year, across America... Fourth of July fireworks won't fly because cities and towns are rescheduling Fourth of July Independence Day fireworks shows because of a shortage of fireworks and because of a shortage of workers. The city of Ottawa, Kansas, couldn't get fireworks in time for July 4th. So it is shooting them into the sky on, on the 4th of another month, September. The two-month delays because the fireworks ordered in February are still stuck on a ship from China. China, held by supply chain issues because of Pete Buttigieg that have also caused shortages of pet food, furniture, and other products. The new date is September 4th. Quote, we hate to break the tradition, said Tiffany Evans, who co-chairs the city's Independence Day Festival. Even though it's out of our control, it feels like we're letting the community down. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You should still have a celebration. Get out there with your guns and shoot guns into the air for crying out loud. Do it the old-fashioned way. Don't let them take away our 4th of July. Some cities are canceling altogether, spoiling celebrations that were supposed to be back to normal after two years of this crazy COVID-19 pandemic. Phoenix nixed all three of its fireworks shows because it didn't get enough fireworks in time. Minneapolis canceled for other reasons. Construction at the park where fireworks go off and not having enough workers on site to secure the site. Oh, but it's happening in other places. Fairfax, Virginia. Will still happen, but a day late. The Washington, D.C. suburbs' usual firework company did not have uh, pyrotechnicians, the workers who put, out the fire, uh, put on the fireworks show. Um, here's another one. It'll look like Independence Day three days early in Fountain Hills, Arizona. The Phoenix suburb moved its fireworks to July 1st because of a fireworks company that didn't have enough workers to light them on the actual day. 
Folks, this is a big shift of what's going on right now, and we cannot let them stop us. So for any, country, uh, any city out there, any county, whatever, who normally does fireworks and, you're, and you might be being postponed or canceled altogether, then I call on every Second Amendment safe, law-abiding citizen to pick a secure area and get out there with all your guns, even though you probably can't even buy bullets these days, hmm, and have your own little fireworks celebration, barbecues, America, music, light shows, guns, that kind of stuff. Make them hear it the old-fashioned way, the Second Amendment way. Anyway, I'd like to give a big shout-out to uh, Doug Mastriano. We're going to have uh, Senator Doug Mastriano, future governor of Pennsylvania, on Live from America again next week, hopefully, because I want to give him a big shout-out because his uh, Poll Watcher Empowerment Act just passed the Senate, and President Trump explains how to get it signed. Earlier this month, Pennsylvania Senate passed the Poll Watcher Empowerment Act. The legislation by Doug Mastriano, the Republican gubernatorial candidate, gives more rights to those citizens who want to participate in the election process by observing the counting process. The bill passed 30 to 19. Back in November 2020, Democrats locked Republicans out of counting rooms for several days. Democrats stopped their cheating once they took their uh, their lead days later. This was one of the most blatant acts of election fraud, and Doug Mastriano wants to do something about it, so he put together this bill, and the state Senate approved the legislation sponsored by Doug Mastriano uh, that would ensure poll watchers can properly safeguard the integrity of the Pennsylvania election process. Senate Bill 573, the Poll Watcher Empowerment Act, will, would allow state uh, or all registered voters of Pennsylvania to be eligible to be a poll watcher in any precinct in the state of Pennsylvania. So let's hope that that gets signed. And President Trump actually said on Wednesday, telling Republican senators how to get their bills passed into law. He said, tie it up in the state budget. A very strong bill by uh, Senator Doug Mastriano uh, just passed the Pennsylvania House and Senate, the Poll Watcher Empowerment Act, which will bring transparency back to the election process. He says this and other election integrity measures like banning drop boxes, No private funding, voter ID, and same-day voting with paper ballots should be tied into the state budgets. Republicans must get tough and smart if they want to win easily in the state of Pennsylvania. So there it is, folks. Do not give the the, uh, Democrats the money unless you tie it up in the budget and you vote for it that way. Listen to President Trump. He knows how to win. And speaking of President Trump, the last story of the day, and those who stayed here long enough are going to get the pleasure of hearing it, but President Trump wins again, another major win for our president. The judge clears President Trump of any contempt charges in the state of New York under the Attorney General's probe and witch hunt. The judge yesterday ruled Trump is no longer in contempt after failing to turn over subpoenaed documents in New York, Attorney General Letitia James's witch hunt probe. The judge ruled Wednesday um, that in favor of the, uh, President Trump's April 25th contempt finding uh, came after he contested a December subpoena seeking records related to his personal finances and the financing of several properties. Quote, although we are pleased that the court has lifted the contempt finding, we are maintaining that this was a wholly unwarranted and improper um, investigation in the first place. Alina Haba, an attorney for Trump, said in a text message, we will push ahead with our appeal to secure justice for our client, President Donald J. Trump. 
Trump's lawyers are still moving forward with the appeal because they believe the contempt finding was wholly unwarranted, and now they are going on the offense. Another big win by President Donald J. Trump and the America First movement. Folks, that's going to do it for Live from America today. I appreciate and applaud each one of you who stayed to the end. God bless you and thank you for being here. Remember, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Make sure you visit JeremyHarrell.com, the 20% sale. On the patriotic gear for 4th of July ends Monday. And ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Remember to keep your families close. Keep a smile on your face. And keep spreading that gospel. I'll see you tonight, 5 p.m. for more Live from America. Peace. Never stop screaming that we first in America